The COVID-19 emergency is officially over, says the World Health Organization. Plus, did the Navy hire Bud Light's marketing team to solve their recruitment crisis? Find out in today's episode of History's Greatest Podcast. I'm Eric Yannis, and this is The Eric Yannis Show. Earlier today, the World Health Organization officially declared COVID-19 was no longer a global emergency. The decision came after a long period of deliberation, wherein health leaders realized that for some time now, no one cared about COVID-19 anymore. Feeling out of step with the times, the World Health Organization decided that if it could no longer convince people that it was important and powerful, it might as well recognize a fact billions of non-experts have known for years. The decision was announced this morning by WHO Director General and Dark Lord of the Sith, Tedros Ghebreyesus. Quote, It's therefore with great hope that I declare COVID-19 over as a global health emergency. Unquote. The Wall Street Journal reported that despite this announcement, no governments have made any moves so far to pull back the powers they assumed underneath the guise of the COVID emergency. These powers allowed governments worldwide to provide much-needed medical funding and to grossly violate the civil liberties of their citizens while shutting down dissidents in the name of saving lives. Tedros Ghebreyesus does not at all expect governments to end their anti-COVID usurpations of power, saying, quote, COVID has changed our world, and it has changed us. If we all go back to the way things were before COVID-19, we will have failed to learn our lessons, and we will have failed future generations, close quote. He then added that the World Health Organization will not be returning its emergency powers either, stating, quote, In order to ensure the security and continuing stability, the World Health Organization will now be reorganized into the first galactic empire for a safe and secure society, unquote. The reluctance to return powers assumed in the crisis comes as the latest example of a phenomenon famously described by Austro-Libertarian economist and historian Robert Higgs. Originally published in 1987, Crisis and Leviathan, authored by Dr. Higgs, details a continuing trend in the growth of government. According to Higgs, governments use the auspices of crisis to grow their power unconstitutionally, which we sheeple allow because, let's face it, we're afraid. Once the crisis is dealt with, however, the government never rolls back its newly acquired power. Higgs has famously argued that this cycle has continued again and again throughout history, and speculated that COVID-19 is just the latest instance in the government's long-running bid for power. Robert Higgs has written prolifically against this type of growth in government, citing that government action or decision is usually well behind the general public. For example, most governments shut down long after people were already staying indoors to avoid getting sick. Again, governments reopened far later than the general public would have liked. 
And now, governments are just beginning to recognize COVID is no longer a major threat, despite the fact that everyone already knew this. Higgs has written many books that attempt to get people to wake up to their own self-destructive behaviors, which allow governments to control them like little puppy dogs. In unrelated news, historian and economist Robert Higgs has been labeled an enemy of the state today. Anyone who has any information regarding the fugitive should report it immediately to their nearest World Health Organization research building. Now on to our next story. The U.S. Navy is facing what has been described as a recruitment crisis. For the first time since the Navy became an all-volunteer branch more than 50 years ago, they have failed to reach their recruitment goals. Don't you worry though, America. It's not just the Navy. It's all the service branches. As Senator Tuberville of Alabama has reported, the Army fell short by more than 15,000 recruits last year, in addition to the 8,000 service members who lost their jobs after the Biden administration fired them for not conforming to the vaccine mandate. This collapse of military recruiting comes at an unfortunate time, as conflict between the U.S. and China has never seemed more likely. China, which now boasts the world's largest navy, has improved its strategic nuclear capability and modern weapons technology at a rate that the commander of U.S. Strategic Command called, quote, explosive and breathtaking, close quote. To worsen matters, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin stated that China's Air Force is, quote, rapidly catching up, unquote, to the United States. In light of all this, the Navy has recently come under fire by GOP naysayers who raise concerns over the Navy's newest digital ambassadors. The Navy's recent marketing campaigns have featured non-binary and LGBTQ ambassadors in an effort to bolster their ranks with America's strongest and most mentally abled demographic. Certain GOP senators like Man Who Still Thinks He's Popular, Marco Rubio, and Senator Tuberville of Alabama have come out against these campaigns. Senator Tuberville questioned Chief of Naval Operations and guy who just can't seem to get it, Admiral Michael Gilday, at a hearing last month. Tuberville brought up concerns that the Navy seemed more interested in promoting sexual ideology than preparing for war. In his questioning, the senator referenced a video featuring one Lieutenant Knutson who identifies as non-binary. Admiral Gilday defended Lieutenant Knutson and the Navy's marketing decisions by signaling his own virtue, saying that he would be honored to serve with transgenders. Adam Gilday was later criticized by the Navy Times for not using, quote, they, them pronouns, unquote, when speaking about Lieutenant Knutson. <laughs> and just to be clear, I'm not joking about that one. This all came to a head on Tuesday when the Navy doubled down by appointing a drag queen service member as their official digital ambassador. This has prompted even further backlash from conservatives. Personally, 
I don't see what all the fuss is about. I say let the Navy solve its recruitment crisis however it likes. And if military leadership chooses to solve that crisis by marketing to a small minority of generally repressed, hormonally unbalanced people with lots of trauma, then I say go for it. After all, it's not like if they fail, it's life or death. I mean, it could be worse. There could be a growing nuclear power which now possesses the largest navy in the world with a fascist dictatorship at the top and a starving populace who is eagerly eyeing our agricultural infrastructure and seeking to topple us as the economic and military superpower of the world and in order to do so has been spending billions of dollars over the last 30 years to compromise elected officials in the highest offices of our government and who has a long-established history of weakening other nations by exporting social justice ideology to their public institutions, who now controls the World Health Organization and likely also the CDC and possibly engineered the last global pandemic in an effort to further weaken us and get to a point where 8,000 servicemen and women lost their livelihoods because they refused to inject themselves with a worthless experimental drug and who has a decades-long desire to reunite with a small island nation which is critical to United States Pacific military operations. Yeah, I mean, if that were true, maybe the Navy should be a little less focused on sexual identity and more focused on updating our weapons technology. But thankfully, that isn't the case. So let's just learn to trust our leaders. After all, when have they ever led us astray? That's it for today, folks. This has been another episode of The Eric Yana Show. I'm Eric Yanis, wishing you a happy Cinco de Mayo. Please drink some tequila for me, and as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.